0: Today, I am interviewing Adam Olson on the topic of family and politics, the challenge of not bringing work home. Adam Olson represents the Green Party of British Columbia and is the sitting MLA for Saanich North and the Islands. First elected in 2017 and now re-elected with one of the largest majorities in the province in the most recent election here in BC in 2020. Before Provincial Politics, Adam was a two-term Central Saanich councillor and small business owner. He was born and raised on Sartlip First Nation in Brentwood Bay and is a member of the Sartlip First Nation. Adam and his wife Emily have two children, Silas and Ella. He routinely coaches his son's community soccer team and leads efforts to protect and improve the Salish Sea and the Saanich Inlet. Adam, welcome.
1: Thank you. And we will make one small amendment and it'll probably come clear in the conversations that we're having uh, about the coaching of community sports teams and some things that get sacrificed by doing this work, but that will come clear. Thank you, Jason, for having me. It's always wonderful to connect with you and thank you for your uh, guidance uh, to me and to my colleagues, but to me in particular over the last three and a half years, your friendship and your guidance and your um, your wisdom have been uh have I'd say your calming influence have been uh, very welcome in my life as I've been an elected official and uh, the ability to get together and just have conversations uh about where we've been and where we're going in New York are uh, wonderful so thank you
0: and thank you uh, so enjoy your friendship um so Adam, we're talking about family dynamics and politics today. So take us back to your boyhood, a fond memory of growing up on the west coast of Canada mm-hmm. and in the Sartlet First Nations.
1: Yeah, so I grew up uh, in Brentwood Bay. Uh, in fact, I live on the same property that I was raised on. I, I don't know how many people in, in 2021 can say that they still live at home and, or that are, are willing to say that they still uh live at home uh we have kind of a, the opposite thing going on in our family our parents moved out so uh that's that's uh, what happens when you grow up on the res uh the, the family property is uh gets handed down to the kids and uh and so my sister lives in the house that we grew up in and i built a house in my backyard and uh, we share the property together my my youngest sister moved out and lives with uh, her husband on their family farm in fact on, on the family farm that Cory was raised in so we don't go too far uh, and I think you know the the probably the most fond memory that I have as a kid is getting up at 4 four thirty 30 in the morning and listening to the old Briggs and Stratton engines uh, warming up in the fish boats in, in Sandwich Inlet and my dad was a guide fisherman and we owned a, a garden maintenance company and we also owned a company called Mount Newton Indian Sweaters and so Many of our days started uh, as, as many days uh, in our um, ancestral past, heading out onto the water and seeing if we could catch some fish. And, uh, you know, I think those are the fond memories, but I think some of the work that or some, some of the memories that informed me and my work and why I decided to get into public life uh, was the fact that I was in the last generation that could say that they could get up and go out into the Sandwich Inlet and catch fish. Uh, if I was to do the same thing with my kids these days, uh, they're just not there anymore. And so these these kind of um, uh, memories can leave a lasting impact on you. And so here I am doing this work. But I think those days with my dad in the boat on the Sandwich Inlet, just bobbing back and forth, um, are certainly fun memories for sure.
0: Wonderful. And so, Adam, we know that uh, politics is, uh, the timing in politics is critical, when to jump in and when to stay out. It's one of those big challenges for aspiring politicians. It's 2013. Silas and Emma, your two kids, are very young. Tell us about that conversation you had with Emily when you decided to run for the B.C. Green Party.
1: Um, Well, actually, the conversation started in 2008. Uh, when I first ran in, in municipal um, in municipal politics, and I think that it's important uh, not to derail the, the framing of your question, but to note that every single election is a new should be a new conversation. I think there's this there's a uh, an expectation in politics that you have the conversation once, and then every time you run after that, uh, well, it's a foregone conclusion. Of course, you're going to continue running. This is the career. I'm a firm believer that every time you're um, making a decision to put your name on the ballot, it's a new decision. And certainly there's a lot of experience and there's a, there's a lot of work and a lot of effort and a lot of people have invested their time in you as an individual to get you elected the first time. But you should honour your family every time because things change. And the relationships with your partner, the relationships with your children, or the relationships with your community change. And so uh, I've always... Uh, looked at this as a, as a new conversation every time. So certainly uh, the first conversation in 2008 was uh, the most intensive. We have a lot of, um, and this was, this was, uh, Ella wasn't born yet. She was born in, in 2012, but Silas was one. And, um, and so this was a, a much longer conversation than the ones that I've had um, post that decision. Uh, and it was really about whether or not we wanted to be you know, fully exposed, as, as politicians are. If you're going to do this job well, you have to be accountable and you have to be transparent and you have to be willing to let people into your lives in a way that currently, if you're not a politician, you don't. You don't have to welcome the world into your life. And, so, uh, and, and I think that it's important to acknowledge that you're not, as an individual politician, you're not just letting the people into your life. You're letting the people into every person in your family's life, and and so so it's a decision that my that my partner Emily needs to make. It's a decision that my kids, uh, as they get older, and we give them uh, more autonomy in, in their decision making that they also have to inform my decision, uh, and then as well um, your siblings. Your nieces and nephews, your parents—they all get increased scrutiny and increased attention because of the decision uh, that you make. So it's important that if you're going to uh, that if you're going to do this, that you recognize the impact that your decision is going to have on the people around you. And and you know, um, it seems weird to even be bringing this up because in in this role. The decisions that we make impact everybody's life all the time, and it, it, it's weird to think that this isn't actually necessarily always part of the conversation. Is, is how your decision to run is going to impact the people around you. So be very cognizant and aware of that. And um, uh, you know, I would say that uh, I would say the conversation's gotten easier uh, over the years as as we become more experienced as a family uh, in this work. But, um, but it started out as a very tense conversation. It was, it was more, I I often joke and Emily doesn't like it when I do this, when I say this, but um, it's kind of fun and she recognizes the the fun in it. But, you know, you, you find out whether or not you're going to be a good politician, whether you can win the debate as to whether or not you should run. (laughs) If you can win that debate, then you're well on your way to being a good politician and well on your way uh, to being able to debate the other people
0: that are sitting around the table with you. Uh, yeah, Adam, I have to ask you. Uh, it's 2013. Um, you run uh, in, the, uh, in the riding of uh, Sandwich North and the Islands. It turns out to be the closest three-way race in BC history. The NDP win the riding with 10,500 votes. BC Liberals 10,300. BC Greens 10,100. As mentioned, you ran again in in, in 2017 and won handily and then massively so in 2020, but my question is this, knowing what you know now with the demands of the job, was that loss in 2013 a bit of a gift for you and your family, a silver lining perhaps, or does losing just suck? Well,
1: losing sucks and and it sucked. Uh, There's no question about it. It always always hurts, uh, but it's what you do after. this is like a Vince Lombardi moment, right? It's what you do after you're lost that is the most important thing. Because there's always stuff that happens afterwards. And so um, we made it, as a family, we made a very quick decision after that, that the right thing to do was to continue to do the work. And uh, and I think right up until this election in 2020, um, we've been continuing to do the work. Uh, and so that's the reason why I think you see the, the, uh, results that you've seen in, in 2017 and then in 20, and then just recently, this last fall. Um, but it was the best thing that ever happened to me and it will be the best thing to happen to the people in the leading influence that run and lose it, because this job has a way of really stroking your ego. And it was the most humbling experience of my life. And it's really important that if you're gonna do this job well, you come into it with humility. And you are here, and and I I don't know that it's gonna be foreign to the people that are watching this, but a life of service is an honor. Um, And the moment it becomes about you is the moment you should probably retire and go and do something else. This and, and, but everything about this job, there's, there's aspects of it that um, the, light, the, the, sh- the light is shone on individuals. Uh, but why we do this is uh, to serve our communities. And uh, as Jason and I, as you and I have had these conversations about what my grandfather expected, my grandfather expected I was going to serve my community in a far different way than I am. He, he was looking at me to become a preacher man, that never happened. But nonetheless, um, you know, I think, I think it's important to let anybody who's aspiring to have a job in public office to really center yourself uh, in, a, in a humble way around the fact that we are here to serve our community and that the most important question that you need to be able to answer with clarity is why you're doing this. If you're doing this job because someone asked you to do it, then take a step back and consider something else. If you're doing this job because you have a passion to work on behalf of your community, to improve it, to make it a better place, um, then I think, you, and you can answer that, that question clearly, it's gonna help you with your family, it's gonna help you with all of the other people around you as to why it is that they should support you. And, um, and, if, and you will be blessed if you lose the first time uh, and you still have the desire to do it, that will be a blessing for you. And and it has, it had launched me, that loss launched me with the best, I didn't know it at the time, but it was the best result from that election. I had a lot of maturing to do. I had a lot of learning to do. And that four years gave me the opportunity to do that. It's um, when I first started to show up around these these halls and, and we met each other the first time during, during that period. And I think that, you know, it's, it's, uh, uh you will be lucky if you lose the first time and you still have a desire to do this because you'll come back much stronger
0: well said uh let's uh change gears a little bit here um bob dylan penned a song years ago called the times they are changing and we are certainly seeing that in uh politics in canada today the old school politics of this is a career for the middle-aged white man uh Fast forward to 2021, and there's this ever increasing diversity. Uh, we see nursing moms with babies in the legislatures of Canada in the chamber. Uh, a lot of barriers. <laughs> a lot of barriers are being broken down. Um, my question for you, as an Indigenous person, what did it feel like to be drummed into the BC legislature on the day that you were sworn in in 2017?
1: Uh, well, it took the humility of losing the the time in 2013, and and uh, it showed me what what a a real humbling experience is. Uh, I came in in Fort um, Saint uh, Regalia. Uh I had my cousin paint me uh, before I came in. Uh, I was wearing a, bl- a blanket that was given to me uh, by our chief and a, and a headdress of of an honored person. Um, and those were the first time that I was that I had earned the right to be able to wear those um to have my elders around me my father and my uncles uh around me and, and bring me in with their drums and their songs was a, a very powerful experience uh for me i've got a, i've got a series of pictures from a, a photographer that was there on that day and and the look on my face i think says it all just in terms of how i had just this serious look on my face because what was happening was serious for the first time in a hundred and in 65 years uh Sanich north and the islands which obviously hasn't exi- that writing hasn't existed for all 165 years but the territory has and for the first time in the history of that territory it's represented by uh someone of shavenich and Sanich ancestry uh every time i look down at my desk and and you're often in the gallery there but every time i look down at my desk there's a little nameplate that says Sandwich north and the islands and that's how i'm referred to in the legislature you, you don't refer to each other by name unless it's a mistake um which I've done um but you're 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 acknowledged as the place that you represent and every time that it's mentioned I'm I am acknowledged and, and I represent uh the place of my ancestry and um it's uh it's a it was a fantastic experience and you know i just in, ter- in in speaking to the the diversity i think um one of the things that we have to reconcile as we as we go forward here is that you know it's not that it's not just that the 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 face of the of the of the politician is changing because there's a there's uh well the face of the politician is changing because there's there's a growing sense of the diversity that we have and that that the 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 tables that we sit around to make decisions need to reflect the diversity of the communities that they're to represent. Uh, Unfortunately, what often happens is, and I've been involved in recruiting candidates for political parties for the BC Greens, and um, as it turns out in our society, the demographic that you pointed out, the middle-aged white male are often the most prepared to set aside everything everything that they're doing And say, yeah, I can set that aside and I can run. And so one of the things that I think that we have to acknowledge and and recognize is that if we're serious about that diversity, and I think we are, I certainly am, then we need to be able to find ways to support that people of those diverse communities, of those diverse demographics, to be able to set aside life. And if you are a young mom or a young dad or if you are a recent immigrant or if you're, you just think of all of the different, if you're an, an Indigenous leader, to be able to set aside life. It took, and, and if you just even take a look at the at the uh, the challenge that, that it took me to get elected, it took me a, a total of five years. That was a ton of sacrifice in order for me to be here today. And it only was that way because of the privilege that I have. I live in a house that was there forever. You know, we own the property. A lot of the con- conditions in my life are not the conditions in your student's life or in, in uh, other people in the community's life. And so I think it's important that we're dealing with that aspect, but certainly uh, since I've been around the table and we've got a mutual friend that I think that would agree with this point, point. Um, and if he doesn't, then I'll talk to him. But nonetheless, um, the diversity around the table changes the decisions. It changes the tone of the conversation. I mean, in the time that you've been here, you've seen now indigenous people stand up and speak in their languages and speak about their issues. When that's not happening, there isn't that awareness around the table. And so it's, a, it's something that we need to embrace. It's something that we need to, um, to encourage, and we need to find ways to be able to, to increase the diversity around the, around the chamber.
0: So, Adam, let's talk about Younger Voices. Although not passed, there have been initiatives, legislation to change the voting age to 16. Uh, Sam Musterhoff, elected as an MPP in Ontario at 19 years old. Here locally, uh, Ned Taylor on Senate's council at 19 years old. Sid DeVries, elected at 23 years old. Kate O'Connor with the B.C. Green Party, she announced her candidacy as a 17-year-old and ran as an 18-year-old. So my question to you is this, what would you say to our LeadWell students, those who are under 30 or who have younger families at home, staying with our theme, they're considering a run for office. What do you say to those ones?
1: Um, well, I'll say two things. First of all, I'll say we need to have younger voices around the table. It's just not um, gender or, or um or um, ethnic background that we should be uh, encouraging to run. Age is, an, is another um, demographic that we need to be encouraging to be around the table. Uh, you know, I, uh, I have Kate, o- Kate O'Connor's working in my constituency office now. She did such a tremendous job uh, during the election. Very, very impressive uh, person. And um, following the election, uh, I asked her if she'd come in and work in my constituency office. And um, I can tell you that the perspective that she brings is incredibly important to be informing decisions. Uh, if, you know, it's so easy for us to say, well, you know, th- this generation is going to be the generation that inherits the decisions that we make. Well, why is it not that this generation is the generation that helps us inform the decisions that we are making? If they're, If you are going to inherit it, and we need your voice to inform it. Uh, and so I think that it's really important that uh, we find ways to be inclusive of, of younger uh, people into the political system. I had, a, I had a wonderful conversation with a woman on the street during the election who said, I just don't think that, that, that uh, Kate O'Connor should be making the decisions for our province. And I said, well, neither do I. I said, and I can promise you that Kate O'Connor alone will not be making the decisions for our province. But Kate O'Connor's voice at the table, with 86 uh, other rep- colleagues, representatives, together informs the decisions that we make together, and we move uh, forward. And the lack of that voice is very obvious in in the outcomes of the policy discussions that we have. Uh, it's a massive blind spot. the The second piece of this is that it's very, very difficult for young for young families and young parents to do this work um, other than, uh, and, and, and I think uh, it's, but just as difficult as it is, it is imperative that we have the experience of, of uh, young parents and young with young families. Because when it comes to, when you think about um, when it comes to uh, education or childcare, Um, if you have people who are, if if you have grandparents making decisions about the childcare needs of our province, you know, they, they might have a sense of it because they've got kids with, with kids, you know, they've got grandkids, uh, but they don't have the lived experience. They don't have, they don't have the understanding of what it's like to raise a kid in 2021 or 2024. So, you know, I think that, um. I think the political parties have to do a better job of, and we're starting to see a, a little bit more of, of it. Um, I, I kind of joke when you're at, at asking the question the first time, when you're talking about the babies and, the, and, and breastfeeding mums in the, in the legislature, that is happening. And those children are called strangers. And nobody's allowed, no stranger is allowed in the house. That's the official language. And you technically, Jason, are a stranger in the house. You're not allowed on the floor my. You're elected there, or invited, uh, and so when we passed the, the the change that allowed strangers in that on the floor, it was uh, for mothers to be able to bring their children in, and it was it was um it was an it's an important change, and I think um, I think the more we can make our elected offices and our and our uh, the the decision making rooms, the chamber that we work in, reflect real life the better the decisions and the outcomes are going to be uh if, they, if it only reflects a very small segment of society if it only if it only respect, um reflects privilege then it's going to be blind to all of the other uh aspects of society that uh that struggle and, and that don't don't they don't share that experience
0: it's very good um let's go back to the family um you know the the classic nine to five job versus the 24-7 job of being a politician. Uh, in BC, uh, you are only one of a half dozen MLAs that gets to go home every night. I would imagine that the advantages outweigh the disadvantages to that. What does coming home at the end of the day look like for you? Um, how do you turn it off? Has that been challenging for you? Any insight there for us?
1: Um. Yeah, so first, in classic politician-style and answer a question that you didn't ask. Uh, and I want to say that you saw the decision that Todd Stone just made recently to not run for the B.C. Liberal leadership. And I have to think that Todd would have made a, a great leader for that party. Um, and, I'm, and I'm sad that, that he's not taking another run at it, although I'm more happy for him than, than I can express it the fact that he recognized that yes, there's priorities that we have in our careers, but there's also those priorities that we have in our families really, really important. Uh, And so when I saw the rationalization for that, I, I felt, I felt the process that he went through. I went through a very similar process last December when the BC greens were running a leadership race as well. Um, And, and frankly, one of the benefits that I have that Todd doesn't is that, you're right, I go home at the end of every day. In fact, when we're done this, this, this uh, I'm in the legislature now, when we're done this discussion, I have one more meeting, and then I get to go home and, and spend the, the rest of the evening with my family. And uh, for, for everybody else, if you're in a different riding, uh, if you're taking this course and you live elsewhere in the province, part of the, part of the really important aspects of the decision-making that you're going to have to get real about is that for half of your life, you're going to be here in Victoria. You're going to miss volleyball games. You're going to miss the soccer games. You're not going to be able to coach. You're not going to be able to do the things that maybe you do. And you're going to have to find ways to reconnect with your family when you return on Friday afternoons or or Thursday evenings. Uh, And you've got uh, a full day of constituency events on the Saturday. And you've got to uh, get back on an airplane and fly to Victoria on Sunday afternoon. And um, it makes no sense to not be honest with yourself about what the what the reality of that job is. Uh, it will just cause you pain if you if you try to pretend like it's something that it's not. Uh, the worst thing that you can do is 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 fall for what the political parties are going to tell you that oh it's just a, it's like a twenty hour work week it's fine you know you just. Uh, you just come and, you know, most of the work is done for you. And as long as you're here, you're, you're fine. It's not the case. Um, and, you know, in our, in our efforts to try to recruit the best candidates, we try to make this job appear to be, you know, um, the best job that you could possibly get. And it's a pretty darn good job. I enjoy it. Uh, however, you have to be honest with yourself. You have to be honest with your family around you or else uh, it will cost you your family. Ah uh, there are way too many broken homes. there are way too many um, broken relationships because of because of all of the travel and and that so it's doable. These are all conflicting aspects of this work. We want to get more young families, but by nature you have to be out of the city how How do you rationalize that that's got to be tough uh and not everybody can run in Sanish, north in the islands uh or in greater victoria that that doesn't work either so I think um I think it's a it's a challenge that many, many, many MLAs have that I don't.
0: So specifically, when the ledge is sitting, you know, for those number of months where the legislature is sitting, uh, you know, things are, you know, flying at 100 miles an hour, you get in your car, you roll home, maybe it's five o'clock, six o'clock, seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night. Um, what does that connecting look like with Silas and Ella?
1: That's a good question. I have learned that uh, during those times, to leave my computer at work uh i don't i don't bring my computer home there's no i've already spent 12 hours here 13 hours here there's no reason why i should have to open my uh computer up again i think the the most important thing for a, a newly elected person who's very eager to make their mark in this job is to set strong boundaries i think that's probably the most consistent thing and the underlying narrative of what i've been saying here is you've got to set boundaries for yourself uh, and they have to be honest. You have to be honest with yourself. Um, you know, We're taught not to lie. Uh, and oftentimes we think about that in terms of lying to somebody else. It's very dangerous if you think that you can get away with lying to yourself, because that comes back very quickly. And so uh, the reconnection happens. Uh, we, we've kind of shifted dinner later Uh, which has made bedtime uh, more difficult because the energy is pretty high if you shift dinner to like 7 p.m. So the kids kind of eat a little bit and then dinner gets shifted and then bedtime gets shifted and then we've shifted when you get up to to accommodate for that. But connection is really important. Um, Both Emily and I grew up with families that ate dinner together And I'm very happy to say that other than, you know, maybe when I'm in Vancouver for a couple of days at a time, we eat dinner every night together. We get around the table. Uh, The point that I want to bring out in this is that you've seen how quickly days move here. Like, and as you know, like it's three o'clock in the afternoon before you know it in this place, you know, we're back up in the legislature. The question period just ended. Well, that's like, The whole life when you're in session. A week will go by and you'll be like, What? How did that, like, how are we at Friday in this constituency day again? So, you know, I think the most important thing, and we're still learning it, and it's going to be right to the day that I retire from this business, I'll be learning this. We have to find techniques and, and tools that help ground and kind of slow life down because. It will move so quickly that before you know it, your one-year-old boy, when you got into politics, is now 13. Meaning you've been in the business for 12 years, and you're like, wow, that is, a def- I never thought I'd have a career. Apparently, this is it. Your daughter that was one when you got elected, the first, or when you ran the first time, you know, is now eight, and in grade three, and you're just thinking, where has this time passed? And I think this is something that often older people lament, is how quickly time moves. But in this business in particular, you can wipe out a week or a month and and not even know it. This election that just happened, you know, we're already hundred days in, and and the I can tell you, the preparations for the next election have already started. And and before and he's like, well, that's ways early for that. No, it's not because if you wait. You're in real trouble. It'll be it'll be right there before you know it. So it's just a matter of finding these finding and creating habits that allow for you to slow things down, create some norms within your uh, create some norms within your family that allow you to continue to engage. And so, if you're an MLA from outside the city, you might get home and and flip Zoom on your on your uh, hotel TV and spend an hour just with your family engaging. And having that face to face, how is school? All those things that you do around the dinner table, you might want to create some habits that allow for you. And we've got technology that allows us to, to at least fake it. And I think, you know, um, making sure that you set those. It took us. It took Emily and I, and I a while to uh, to figure it out. And it hasn't always been. I make it sound really easy. It hasn't always been really easy. So I think um, th- these are. These are pieces of advice that if you can start doing them as soon as you get elected or you, you de- you're deliberate about it, uh, will make your your work in, in this field much easier.
0: Awesome. Adam, thank you so much for this time and for this interview. Any final thoughts you'd like to leave with our Leadwell students?
1: No, I mean, I, I think um, I just want to emphasize that you have to be really clear on why you want to why you want to do this. Uh, If it's for power, please, please don't. We've got enough people in this business that are doing it for power. If it's for yourself, please don't. We've got enough people in this business that are doing this for themselves. But if this is for service for your community, if this is service for, if this is the true definition of service, which I'm sure you're learning about, then please, we need more people that have that at the center, the core. As we say in Sench often, in your sleep in your and your your life force in your heart if it's about serving your community oh we need so many of those people here so i i will encourage you
0: adam olson thank you so much for your time thanks a lot for yours okay